Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time for the Blue Blows Podcast. With your hosts, Alonso and Juan, Alicia Del Valle, and the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship, and our partner Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So, Cody, it's, it's Super Bowl weekend, actually, right? And what, what are you doing tomorrow? Are you uh, actually watching the Super Bowl, or once your, your Browns are out, that's it? No, uh, I still I feel like like everyone else and, you know, across the country will be tuning into the Super Bowl. I feel like it's probably going to be placing bets with my friend. I think it may be probably the most watched Super Bowl in a, in a couple of years just because of the amount of activity with Taylor Swift being involved. Um, Is but she yeah, make I, it? I was I was hearing something to, I heard yesterday. That they, they said I think I think uh, Kelsey said like he didn't know if she's going to show up or not or I don't know. It'll be a Cinderella ending when she shows up at the end of the game and maybe a Chiefs victory. But um, I'll definitely be watching. I'll always, I usually have a bunch of my friends over. We'll watch the game. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely – it. basically when football season comes to a close, that's when we really get into full uh, throttle with the baseball season. So um, it's a great way to end the football year. But, yes, I did still watch – continue to watch the postseason for football after the Browns were unfortunately eliminated. But – um, there was a couple of good games, um, but I'm really interested to see, you know, even though the Chiefs weren't the number one seed, like they're like the juggernaut of the AFC. And then you got the 49ers who have been the juggernaut uh, of the NFC for a couple of years now. So, um, but we're back into baseball now with pitchers and catchers reporting. So that's what I'm super excited for. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not really like a football guy. Like, you know, I'll watch, you know, I'll watch the Super Bowl, you know, you know, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Rams guy, I guess. Right. Cause when they moved back to LA, you know, I was big into Rams and Raiders when I was younger and then they both left and I was kind of like, ah, screw it. Right. I didn't, I didn't jump to another team. I just kind of just really didn't grow up with football. So, but, you know, once the Rams came back, I'm like, Oh, you know what Rams, you know, old, you know, old school, I'll kind of follow them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always look forward to the Super Bowl because right after that Super Bowl ends, baseball's next. But I, actually, you know, this year, Pitching the catchers are already reported, right? Dodgers have been in cap already for a couple of days, and that's what we want to kind of just go over. I mean, I mean, first thing, you know, the news came out, you know, Kershaw resigned, and he actually spoke a couple of days ago. Um, what do you think of, you know, when he resigned and, you know, he hit camp and, and already talking about how we came about to this decision to, to continue with the Dodgers? Yeah, honestly, um, like we said in the live, this past live, you know, it was like the worst kept secret in baseball where – I always thought there was a general understanding that the Dodgers and Kershaw would come to an agreement at some point. Like I said, it would have been extremely weird to see him in another team's uniform, especially towards the end of his, his career, which, you know, you do see some players that go uh, go around and bounce from club to club year after year. And you mentioned a, a, a great name, a, a Dodger, a fan favorite of the Dodgers and Justin Turner, where it seems like he is a, still a good player, but you know, he has played for now two different teams in two different years. And, um, isn't really going to be largely remembered by either of those fan bases. I know he was loved by the Red Sox in his time there just for that one season because of what he did in the clubhouse. And he had one of his best offensive production seasons in a, in a couple of years. So, um, but yeah, Clayton Kershaw staying a Dodger. Um, that is, that's something that I thought needed to happen, not because 
the Dodgers desperately needed Kershaw to come back, but just because of the legacy of it, you could say it is a legacy signing in the Dodgers. You know, they've spent so much money this offseason. What's what's an extra money in? Um, when we did record the live, we didn't really have the breakdown of any of the numbers with the contract at all. Um, but then a, uh, I believe it was like a day after um, Fabian uh, Ardaya from the, the Athletic, you know, he posted some of the numbers on it. And it's a really, really team friendly deal where it's only five million guaranteed for this year. And then the player option is also five million as well, where if he makes a good amount of starts this year, he does have more incentives to get it up to seven million. Um, but that is entirely based off of performance in the second half. If he does come back, which, you know, in his press conference, you know, he did kind of give a timetable, which is what we all assumed, which was July-ish, August-ish. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting to see if he does come back because, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like this is, talent-wise, probably the best Dodger team at least in the past 15 years, just by pure talent alone and star power, um, even rivaling that 2021 year from the second half on with all the guys they had on that team. So, um, but it's good to have Kershaw back. Um, it's good to have him on a really affordable deal. We've seen some of these 40-year-old pitchers, they're getting like $35, $40 million a year, which is really anchoring some of these clubs. And we saw the Mets last year, they ended up having to get rid of both of those guys um, in Scherzer and, and Verlander. So um, Kershaw still has it when he's healthy, so it's just a matter of when he is healthy. Yeah, and, and you know, I saw I saw that team-friendly deal, and I'm like, I'm like that's, a really, that's another great deal, right, that the Dodgers have added on this this offseason right it's another deal like like five million dollars for kershaw right and to also when i saw him coming back you know prior to this like it was kind of like well you don't know is, is he gonna stay is he gonna go you know there was a big chance right he might go to the, the rangers right now for a couple of seasons right and that was kind of the in the back of everybody's mind like this guy could go to texas it's, it's a real possibility but now seeing him come back this year and he has that option for next year I'm kind of more at ease. Like, I'm not sure now if he'll he'll ever leave. You know, it's kind of more like, you know what? I think this guy is is going to stay a Dodger now for for his career. You know, especially if he picks up that option next year. Um, I think we might not hear that Ranger talk as much. I mean, I think maybe maybe one day when he retires, he might go to Texas as a coach or something like that. I mean, but I don't think as a player. I mean, I think it's pretty much it's kind of more it's getting more cemented that he's going to stay here with the Dodgers. Um but what do you think about, you know, he kind of mentioned where he is, as, you know, far along, you know, on his on his rehab. And I think you mentioned he's going to actually leave the team for a while and then come back like in March. Um, but I mean, it's it all, sounds pretty positive to me. I mean, I'm. you think we'll see him in July, August ish, or you think he might come back sooner? I mean, what do you what are you thinking? We're gonna yeah, see I'm now? actually I'm really intrigued by the fact that he already started his starting program. Um, and I think that's a really big step something that we really haven't known about until he announced it himself in that interview um, to begin his throwing program. Not that long after that November surgery is a huge step in his recovery time, especially, you know, he's not a, you know, under 30 anymore. His body doesn't heal as quickly as these other athletes now. Um, so he is going to have to take time with his shoulder and with his arm recovery. Um, but the fact that he is now getting back into the swing of things, I think a if everything goes well, then that's a big if. I probably think you will see him probably in that more probably that August range than July, just because the Dodgers. I feel like even if he is ready to go in like maybe mid to late July, they may want to just push it a little bit later. Then 
to like August, maybe even that September range to where they can, when rosters expand, they can add them on that way. And as long as he's on the 40 man, you know, he, he's postseason eligible and everything as well. So um, I definitely think they're going to prolong it because I don't think there's a rush for Kershaw to come back at all. You know, I made the argument, you know, say postseason comes, does this guy even get a start if this entire current rotation that is constructed is healthy? And it's really hard to say, yes, he is a, a, a legend, but He's not guaranteed anything. And I think Kershaw himself is really humble. And I think he knows that. Um, but obviously the Dodgers had a high amount of interest to have him come back where I feel like he would have just retired if he didn't think he had a role on this team. Um, so I do think he will come back this year. I have been very hesitant to say, hey, he may not come back this year at all. You know, maybe it's just wishful thinking in his part where he wants to play this year. Um, and I also agree with you as well. I feel like this was the last year. I feel like the Rangers conspiracies are going to continue to go um, just because I feel like, honestly, if you had to bet on it, I would say next year, if he picks up that player option, will probably be his last year. Um, and depending on how things play out this year, this year could be his last year. I feel like Kershaw would be one of those guys that would rather just go out on top. Um, and that was one of the things that he contemplated this offseason. You know, he said, we all saw what happened in that game, one of the NLDS, you know, where he gave up pretty much infinite amount of runs in a sh like a minute or two minutes of time. And he looked defeated on the mound when he walked back to the dugout. So um, he didn't want to go out that way. And I know he wants to be part of this team moving forward, especially with what they've done. So um, if, if things go the Dodgers way, this could be Kershaw's final, final song. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he did, he did say that, you know, he didn't want to go out the way he did. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, he doesn't have to be that guy. And even, his entire career, he's been the guy, right? Once playoff time comes, it's Kershaw, right? It's Kershaw. You bring back Kershaw on, on three days rest. You bring Kershaw out of the bullpen. And then even as we're getting into the last couple of years, right, with other guys that have come up, like Walker and Julio, right, those guys kind of were, you were expecting the load a bit, but it always ended up being Kershaw. Kershaw's the guy. Even last year, right, when the rotation, postseason rotation was like, we have no idea what's going on. Kershaw was still that dude when he shouldn't have been the dude, right, because he was already hurt. And now I think that pressure is off, right? Like he doesn't have to be that dude. Like you, you mentioned, he might not even be like a starter in in that rotation come postseason time. So I think that is going to be something very helpful to Kershaw, you know, to finish off this season. And you know, and if they do end up winning a World Series, I mean, what better way for him to like sail off into the sunset, as they say, right? So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's great to have Kershaw back, you know, and like and like we mentioned, you know, I think this will finally put you know kind of settle or, or or calm down those talks of like oh he might end up in texas so but you know we've had other stuff going on as pitchers and catchers have reported i mean the media frenzy i don't know if you've seen those pictures the videos i mean it's crazy you know atani spoke uh yesterday right i believe um what did you take away from otani's first press conference yeah i definitely you know all off season we were kind of like questioning what is the media presence going to be like what is how is it going to look at, at dodger home games spring training are they going to travel with the team you know when they go across the u.s you know um the dodgers you know ken rosenthal put out today on foul territory they are the storyline team this entire year you know from the offseason that they had leading up to today you know they are must watch baseball and to a lot of people that is where the hate and the villain aspect comes into it but you know major league baseball is loving this because i feel like this is the most attention baseball is getting in quite some time 
you take probably one of the best like all around athletes in Otani and add him to one of the best ran franchises in all of sports and the Dodgers. And, you know, they have goals of their own. You know, they haven't made the, they haven't made, they haven't made it to the world series in two years with the roster that they've had. They made all these moves, you know, spending over a billion dollars on just two players and then going above that and beyond bringing back fan favorite Clayton Kershaw and continuing to be rumored for more moves before, you know, uh, position players report this upcoming week. So um, it's no, it's a no brainer why they're being covered by every major outlet. And then when you add in the fact that, you know, you add two of the most popular Japanese players, that entire market, that entire country is baseball is a religion over there. And they treat, you know, Otani pretty much as like, he's like kind of like a all-star celebrity over there in terms of, you know, everyone's comparing it to like when the Beatles, they would go on the road. That's kind of what the Otani effect is right now. And then you add Yamamoto to that, you know, we're starting to see it. It it is crazy. Um, It's definitely going to, I don't, I'm interested to see how long it goes on because I feel like they're going to be there the entire run. And especially when the postseason comes around, because, you know, we can probably just guarantee that this team is 99% going to make the postseason this year. It's probably going to be amplified even more just because, you know, I mentioned it a couple about a month or two ago, you know, that first postseason game with Otani in it probably will be a primetime game and one of the most watched playoff games ever just because of the market it's reaching. So um, it's definitely going to be a battle for media guys like us getting in there, getting all the videos and everything. But, you know, you yourself and, um, and, and uh, Juan, you know, did it, you saw it at FanFest and how much of a, a skirmish you had to do just to even get close to a time. Yeah, I mean, and from the from his presser yesterday, you know, he was talking about like, you know, he's kind of kind of treating it like if he was a rookie, right? Like this is, you know, he's in a new spot. He's kind of trying to get to know everybody, you know, meet all his teammates, meet all the, the grounds people, just kind of get familiar with everything. And to me, it's kind of, I don't know why it's felt that way. Like, you know, Tani's been in the league, right, for what, seven years, you know, and but it does feel like this is like this guy, this huge guy that was huge in Japan, and he came over, right, this like rock star type guy, and it's just like it feels completely different. It doesn't feel like he was in the league, you know, for the number of years that he's been, right, because he was playing down in Anaheim. It's just a completely different feeling, and I know that's upsetting people in Anaheim, right, because they keep seeing all this courage and like, the dude played here. Right. Like the dude played here, but he, he wasn't in this market. And I think, you know, I mean, I've, I've been seeing videos like, you know, he comes out into the field and he goes over to to run over to go, you know, just toss or something. And everybody follows him. Right. <laughs> so he goes from one spot to the next and everybody follows him. And it's just it's just getting that just getting those pictures out there. Right. Just, hey, you know, he's doing this. Hey, he's doing this. And, you know it kind of goes to add as well to like what Mookie said, right? What Mookie was talking about and we discussed, you know, on the live, like the Dodgers are in that role where, you know, whether, you know, if you're one of those guys that, that hates the Dodgers, right. It's just amplifying them because now you're seeing so much footage of them. You're like, uh, you know, you don't want to see that. It's like, it's putting them in that role. And, And what he said completely makes sense. And, you know, going forward, you know, we, we, okay, we had the opening of spring training. So we'll probably, the frenzy is going to be probably the same as, you know, maybe first spring training game, right? Definitely when they get to Korea, definitely opening day. And then all the big matchups throughout the series. Like, I mean, what do you think it's going to be like when Dodgers play the Yankees? Can you imagine that already? Yeah, it's probably going to be crazy just because, you know, two historic teams, 
in New York and they the Yankees were they didn't have a, a bad offseason either that you know they got some guys they traded for Juan Soto they're, they're trying to get back they're trying to get back their identity as well and I can just tell you right now if MLB is pushing anything they want these two teams to probably be deep in October playing against each other um, especially after you know the, the the viewership of the past couple World Series where it hasn't been been as high where you get these two historic franchises with the Japanese market with the Dodgers that'll definitely push some numbers for the league in, in general. But um, I definitely agree with that. There was something speaking of Otani, there was something that I saw and I wanted to get your, your input because I know you, you you checked out that, that, that video. So uh, Miggy Rose, right. He was talking to Chris Rose and I guess there's an initiation, right. Of new players that come onto the Dodgers. Right. And the, and he was saying, you know what, Otani is the same and we're going to continue to do, what we do can you can you tell me wh- what is it that that what is it that they actually do in as an initiation yeah so they have them it, it, it's great then no one's listened to the chris rose rotation he you know he has a lot of dodger players now with tyler glass now as well and M- miguel rojas so yeah they have some sort of thing on the team bus you know where they're trying to shoot around stories and if you can't shoot around that story i think they make you like ride the entire bus ride in the bathroom or something like that. Um, so like they were sitting on the toilet or something like that, right? Yeah. So they said they're going to get a story out of Otani. So, um, and I think it's great because especially with a team like the Dodgers and the offseason that they've had, there's a lot of new faces on this team. There's still some familiarity. There's still some guys that have been here for a good amount of years. But what, what's a common theme we've seen probably the past three offseasons? A lot of faces come in and a lot of faces are leaving as well. You know, there's no more Corey Seager. There's no Trey Turner. There's no Justin Turner. There's no Cody Bellinger. Those are like anchors of this franchise for at least the past like like almost six years that are all no longer a part of the team. Um, so especially this offseason, the amount of guys that they brought in, you know, it can be hard to get them all to gel together. We saw the San Diego Padres go out into a similar offseason, you know, getting a lot of these players. And we saw how quickly it can fall apart if these guys aren't meshing in the clubhouse. And I think the Dodgers, I think from everything you've heard from former players, current players, you know, people that still work there, they say that foremost, the number one thing is building a good culture in that clubhouse. And we saw it all this past like two weeks with all the fundraiser events that the individual players were having and pretty much having like either the entire team or at least half the team in attendance, including Dave Roberts, the manager being involved as, as much as he has. So, um, very much a player manager. He very much values having a good culture in that clubhouse because it does go a long way. Um, don't let the stat guys, don't let the nerds, you know, tell you that culture in baseball isn't a thing. Like these guys will still play and perform the same way, whether they, regardless if they have good culture or not. It is a big thing. It's a big thing on the mental side of baseball, which is huge and compared to other other sports. So um, I, I like it. I like that they're trying to have good camaraderie and like communicate and talk because it just brings them closer together as a unit yeah and i think you know i'm all for it too because you know we know who shohei is right the the star that show i mean we i don't know if we've ever seen as big a star on this on a dodgers team like like shohei right and to do something like this it's like you're part of the team dude you're just another dude on this team you're a regular dude on this team and we're going to treat everybody the same right and I think that that shows like, hey, we're we're all in this together. We're all we're all one essentially, right? And like you said, you know, with Doc going to these events, you know, taking the plunge and and showing like this does be this does you know 
have this team kind of get tighter, you know, it, it makes them close, you know, and we've seen this with this team. This team is very close. They're very, it seems like they do, you know, like weekly dinners or, or when they go out on trips, they're always doing dinners. They're always around each other. There's a good, you know, there's a good chemistry between this group. And I think it's going to continue to do that. They're going to continue to do that as, as this year goes on. And, you know, having Shohei, I think they're going to get him involved with all this stuff. And like I said, I, I think we're going to see a different Shohei. Like, like I'm telling you, like, you know, he was playing in Anaheim and we kind of didn't see a lot of him, right? We'd see him in games, but I think, I think it's going to be a little different with the Dodgers. I think we're yeah. going to get to see him more, kind of learn his personality a little bit more, and kind of it's going to it's it's a different culture, obviously, than than in Anaheim. And I'm looking forward to that. I want to see, you know, we we've seen more of Shohei. Like like I'm telling you, you know, we we saw his dog. You know, we've seen we've kind of seen him. I've seen him a little bit looser, and and I'm hoping that we get to see him over the next you know this season and the next coming years. Yeah, it sucks to like you know to be an Angels fan just because I I kind of understand the way they're feeling, um, but it's really hard for Major League Baseball to market the Angels when they consistently underperform and don't make the postseason. You know, if you're gonna ask some guy, you know, Mike Trout is one of the best players in baseball for the past ten years. You know, and when you talk to general like audience out there, most of those people don't even know who Mike Trout is. They looked at other guys that are on either the Dodgers like Mookie Betts or Aaron Judge on the Yankees, like teams that are either consistently in the postseason or are just having, they're just on a bigger market. And obviously the angels, you know, they are close to the Los Angeles market, but you already know, and it's not even just being a buy, like a, a biased Dodgers fan. It's a different market because he's in the heart of the city in Los Angeles. Um, and plus, you know, Otani, it, it did seem like, you know, it did seem like a minor league stint for him for six years over there. You know, he, he got to tune up his skills, hitting, pitching, doing that two-way player, had his Tommy John surgery there as well. And now it seems like the Dodgers are going to ripe off those rewards, getting him in his prime and for the future as well. So um, I understand why the Angels fans are upset about pretty much the way, I guess, the MLB is covering it. But I feel like it was it was to be expected because it's the Dodgers. You know, If Otani went to the Yankees or somewhere else, it would be the exact same. And the MLB just needs a poster child, and that's what Otani is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would have been interesting. I think, you know, what if he would have did gone to the Blue Jays, right? I mean, would we have seen the same type of media frenzy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but I don't know if you also saw this too, but uh, Doc, uh, he did kind of designate a, a spokesman for, for Shohei. You know, when Shohei is not available, he de- designated uh, Jason Hayward as as the spokesman for 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 Shohei and I don't know if it was just all in fun or you know it it is you know he is going to be a spokesman because I I guess Doc said that he was he was a spokesman for for Barry Bonds back in back in the day um but today uh, apparently the media took that seriously and there was like 12 13 14 media members that actually went after Jay Hay to to get some information on Shohei what what did you think about that yeah, first thing, for anyone that's ever been in the clubhouse in the media or seen Jason Hayward up close, this dude is built. He is tall. He is all-around athlete, very intimidating If you if you before he talks. So maybe it was a Dave Roberts ploy to try to get, you know, maybe these media guys not asking 100 Shohei Itani questions to Hayward specifically. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was more of a joke, just Dave Roberts has that type of personality where he does like to – 
uh, to mess around and, and, and label things from time and again. Um, but yeah, I, it's the same thing we talked about on the live before where, you know, we had Chris Taylor as a, a player. He kept getting asked, you know, he had that quote saying, you know, I feel like I've been asked more about Shoei Otani than myself this offseason. And it, it kind of came off of like, is this going to be a common theme that we see throughout the Dodgers clubhouse? You know, it seems like whenever the the media gets access to any player that's not Shoei Otani, the first instinct and the first question that comes in their head is to ask them about Shoei Otani. And I think we're going to still see that for the beginning of the off or for, of spring training. Um, but I think as time goes on, I think some of these players are going to start standing up like Jason Hayward did today, where, you know, a lot of the media did take it seriously and they were starting to ask Jason Hayward questions about Otani and he kind of shot it down right away. We're saying basically the best person to answer questions about Otani is Otani himself. So um, they kind of coincidentally, they also interviewed Walker Bueller like immediately after kind of sharing the same sentiment where they were asking him Otani questions. They were asking how he felt with the media presence. And he kind of had a very optimistic view saying that this is extremely great for baseball that it feels like every game is like a football Sunday, which, I mean, if you see how the coverage of the NFL across the U S you, you would know what he means. You know, it's blasted everywhere on Sunday, the media access, the media presence, all that questions of players. And, and he applauds that he thinks that baseball needs more of that. So um, I definitely, it, it's definitely a personality thing for players. You know, some more, some players are very open. They want to talk, but then some players are more laid back and, and conservative where they don't really want, a lot of their personal like time taken up by the media. So it's going to be a huge storyline to, to watch throughout spring training and the regular season. Yeah. And I was looking up at that, at that tweet right now that you mentioned Walker Bueller, right? Saying it's, you know, it's like football, you know, it's, it, it is great for the game of baseball, right? I mean, cause baseball, you know, we've, we've seen people say, Oh, baseball is dying. Right. And, and we see numbers, right. You know, sometimes the numbers, the world series numbers, right. The world series numbers were not great. Right. And, but you know, if you're a Dodger fan, we're loving this, right? We're loving the coverage. We're 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 loving seeing the team, you know, out there. But I, I get it too, right? You're a New York Yankees fan. You're a Phillies fan. You're a Diamondback fan. You know, like they're probably like, "Come on, man! I'm tired of seeing this." Right? Like, I mean, you're in Philadelphia, right? Some of your friends are. Phil- How are they feeling? Are, are they seeing all this Dodgers coverage? And are they kind of like, you know what? I'm I'm over that. Like, I'm done with that. Yeah, no, I feel like it's depending on the fan because most like people around here in like the Philly, Delaware area, like they don't really, they don't really mind Shohei Otani because they get an equal amount of. Baseball is very regional, and it's very amplified if you're on the West Coast because the Dodgers are on the West Coast. But here on the East Coast, the big teams are the Phillies, the Yankees, even the Mets. They're always in the the headlines over here. So. Um, but yeah, obviously, if you're a baseball fan, you know there's going to be an Otani story every day. You know there's going to be coverage of the Dodgers just because of what they've done this offseason. Um, I agree with you. I, I 100% like the extra media attention just because we're getting a lot of clips and pictures of these players at spring training. And I don't know about you, but I can't just teleport to Arizona to see it with my own eyes. So kind of getting to see them training, talking, and then pretty much doing their thing out in Arizona, it, it – it's nice for me to see that on, on my smartphone or on the computer, you know? Um, but yeah, it's not a huge deal over here. It could just be, I think it's just the thing that's being overplayed on social media. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, I think it's great. I mean, I think 
you know, it, it's early, early, obviously, you know, pitchers and catchers just reported. We're waiting on the, the position players to start showing up. I mean, those some are there already. And I don't know if you saw this um, yesterday. There was a pic, there was a picture I posted. It's of Yamamoto and Braz, uh, Bruzar Grudra. They're hanging out. I don't know what they're doing. They're just hanging out, right? And I don't know if the, there's another guy. I don't know if he's a translator or not. But Yamamoto has, like, the biggest laugh. Like, like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, you know, Bruzar, he speaks some English, right? You know, but it's mostly Spanish, right? Yamamoto's, to my knowledge, I don't think he speaks any English, right? Just Japanese, like. But these guys are like laughing it up, like like having a great old time. Like it's like, well, how are they talking? Like, and to me, it's just like it's baseball, man. It's 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 the language of baseball, and like whatever it is, they're having a good time. And I think I saw that, and I was like, man, that's so cool to see that. You know that these guys didn't know each other probably a couple of weeks ago, and just that bond already that they that they're making. Yeah, I think baseball is the hardest like thing to do that with. And it's because if you look at football, most of them are U.S. born. Most of them play in the U.S. You look at basketball, even if they come from outside the country, they usually come from English speaking countries, you know, like whether it's in like Europe or something like that. Um, Baseball, it could be anywhere, dude. You have people from Hispanic countries, from the from the DR, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Venezuela. You have people coming from, you know. In Korea, you have J- Japanese players, you have the U.S. born players. You know, we have some Canadian players that come over here, and then now baseball is starting to push its way to the European side of things as well. Where I would say maybe 10, 15 down years down the line, we may start seeing some players come from there as well. So, baseball is like the melting pot sport. You know, you're they're bringing cultures and languages from all over the world, and especially when you're on the major league rosters, you know, it it could be hard for a, a players to like communicate when. They don't speak the same language. And the fact that baseball is their language and then they're communicating that way with the same goal in mind, you know, that they'll, they're probably giving each other tips and pointers and they can understand just by, by the grip of the baseball and saying, Oh, Hey, hand motions. And then obviously they have translators and throughout the season, they may, I feel like the Dodgers are going to have to start taking some Japanese classes at this point, just because of the, the media presence and the players that they've added. Um, but yeah, it's it's an awesome thing to see. I, I, if no one's seen the photos, be sure to check out on the Dodgers beat uh, social media pages. Um, it's definitely something that shows the bright side of our sport. Yeah, and and I remember we saw this too. You know, a couple years back with um, Hunjin Ryu and and Yasiel Puig, right? These those two had like a connection, right? Like those two were always around. Um, they were always together. They were always laughing. You know, they show a shot. You know, in the dugout, and they were like arm in arm and like. They're just having a good old time. And I mean, I don't know if they were communicating in, in, you know, an actual like speaking language or they were just talking like baseball and showing signs or whatever. Right. But they had that, that, that communication, they had that, that relationship. And speaking of Puig, I don't know if you saw this as well. So the Caribbean season uh, world the series just wrapped up. Basically what that is, is, you know, takes all the uh, winter league teams um, the champion from the different the different countries that are involved with that, and they all go and they play in, in the Caribbean series. And this year was actually in Miami, and Team Venezuela, which the team that Puig was playing on, actually won. They actually so yeah. they won their championship in their league, and then they went to uh, to this series, and they ended up winning that as well. So you know he won two championships. You know this this off season. Um, I mean, but that team was pretty stacked. I mean, they had. Earlier in the season, they had uh, Tatis uh, Jr. They had uh, Puig. Um, 
but now and i posted this too earlier too like i think Puig had a really good winter season there and i think i think a team should take a shot on him you know i know there's still a lot of baggage about bit i don't know we'll, you know there was some kind of negative reports of him about a fight that he was completely had nothing to do with and you know everybody was kind of blame him you know i think he's one of those guys that just gets that bad and you know i'd like to see him back in that mlb i think he deserves, deserves another shot yeah, I 100% agree with that. I hope he gets another opportunity. I saw some of the highlights from that team in Venezuela, and, you know, he was a big part of that. And, you know, obviously it's not total major league pitching, but there's a lot of major league and minor league guys on these teams. And, you know, he showed that he still can play here. You know, I believe he hit a home run in Miami. In, in one of those games, yeah, it was it, a bomb. Yeah, yeah. major league stadium still shows the power, still has a magnificent arm. And, you know, he is a very popular player. He may have came up just maybe a year or two too early just before the, you know, let the kids play motto because everything that Tatis is doing and all these other younger players, Acuna, all that, they are praised for it. But when Puy came up in 2013, you know, I'm in like freshman year of high school and I'm like, that's the guy. This guy's playing with fire. This guy's playing with energy. He honestly, if you watch that 2013 year, the Dodgers went a complete 180 when he got the call up and he was a big reason why. So um, obviously, you know, 2018, you know, they, they couldn't finish the world series in 17 and 18. And then he ends up getting traded the next year, which is just the business side of baseball. But I feel like if you look at some of the other players out throughout the league, you know, he should get a shot, at least a minor league invitation. I don't understand why that's not in the cards. Yeah, you know, like I said, you know, it has a lot to do with there's some, I think, some legal stuff still that he's dealing with. So, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, but I think as the player on the field, I think you know he deserves probably another shot. You know, as we've talked with other stuff, you know, Bauer and stuff like. There's two sides to it, obviously, right? There's what you can do on the field and what happens off the field, and that may be something that might keep him off the field. So. So we'll see, but, you know, we wish him, you know, the best and, you know, see what goes on with him. But I think that's going to do it, Cody. I mean, I think uh, we've covered kind of what we wanted to go over in this episode. Um, is there anything else that uh, that we missed? No, uh, honestly, there's going to be a lot of news coming out throughout camp. Um, position players will be reporting next week as well. Um, and we're going to try to keep pumping out as much content as we can, whether it's on uh, the Dodgers beat website itself, whether Steve and I are writing our articles um, and then the bleed lows channel as well, you know, we're getting really close to 3000 subscribers. Um, we definitely want to continue growing the page and, you know, this is going to be a huge Dodgers season. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the off season, the stuff that they've done, and they're going to be watched this spring training. And, and once everything starts getting a go, going full throttle here, you know, it's going to be really exciting and I, I, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, so same here. I think it's going to be uh, definitely a, a, an exciting season. You know, one, I mean, I don't know what to expect this season. I think it's going to be, you know, something, it's going to be kind of surprising all the way through. So, but I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, like we said, that will do it for this episode. Um, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, myself, Roger, and Cody, thanks for um, spending some time with us here today. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E 
AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.